I don't believe in no one's scenarios. Data, 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 I cannot make bricks without clay. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Cheeky Scientist Radio Show for this week. I, I am Isaiah, your host. Today I want to talk to you about designing a campaign for your job search. What does it take to get hired? What does it truly take to get hired into a PhD level job? I've been talking about this for a few weeks and a lot of PhDs, they have a, a script playing in their head that just says, I want to get hired. I want to get hired. And they feel a sense of failure, rejection, frustration because that script is not accurate. The expectations from this script, this narrative is inaccurate. You do not just want a job. You want a PhD level job. I think it goes beyond that. If you're listening to this radio show, you want a PhD level job where you can do meaningful work, have an impact on humanity or an impact on your own life and to be compensated fairly to have at least some you know, security. I was recently talking with a PhD on a transition call. Uh, I do a few of these uh, every single hour, <laughs> every single hour, uh, up to really 30 of these a day. I get on as many transition calls as I can because I love talking to PhDs and, and seeing what has changed in terms of the struggles they're facing day to day, month to month, year over year, and what stays the same. And I can tell you one thing that stays the same is many PhDs feel like their future is slipping away and they no longer have the joy of discovery. And when I was talking to this PhD, that's what they said. They said, I, I want to, I, I got into being a PhD because I, I got to ask interesting questions and I got to pursue those questions. And I don't, I don't get to do that anymore. Not just because there's not grant funding, but because I have larger and larger concerns for my own security. And I said, I, I said, well, what do you, what do you mean specifically by security? Uh, and they said, well, I, I, you know, I don't have, uh, retirement. I didn't, I don't have, this person didn't have healthcare or it was very expensive for, for them to get their own healthcare. Uh, you know, I, I, I have to move around. This person was in a postdoc for uh, going on their sixth year of a postdoc. I have to move around a lot. The cost of living is so expensive. My pay is worse and worse, especially with inflation, uh, everywhere except for in academia. And uh, this prevents you from entering into that, that joy of discovery. You can't be creative and scared for your security at the same time. You can't ask great questions. You can't pursue growth and innovation and discovery at the highest level if you're concerned about your survival, where you're going to live next year. Uh, are you, do you have enough money in the bank to, to pay for things, especially relative to, to others that are at you know, your, your same age or where you should be in your career? So, so this is something to think about, you know, and you got to come back to the realization that the correct expectation that you're going for a PhD level job, which is not the same as just getting any job. And you have, you got to come back to, to your reason why the rationale, why are you doing this? Everybody's going to have their own unique reasons, but there are patterns. And one of the reasons why is you, you want to have that joy of discovery. You want to have an impact in some way. There's something bigger that you wanted to do. You wanted to, uh, you wanted to feel a greater sense of achievement, fulfillment, happiness. And you can't do that from a place of uncertainty. And don't, don't get confused. You, you are living in much more uncertainty than you should be. 
for how intelligent you are. So what are you going to do about it? You have to design a campaign. You have to map out from A to Z what steps you're going to take, and you have to plan for contingencies. A job search should be a campaign. You can't just fly by the seat of your pants. You can't wake up on Tuesday and submit a few resumes, do nothing to make progress in your transition Wednesday or Thursday, then reach out to a few contacts on Friday, which is the worst day to reach out to people, by the way. Coast on the weekend, then maybe I don't know, search for online job postings on Monday. I mean, does that sound strategic? Sounds absurd. Did you hear that and say, that's Isaiah, that's absurd. Nobody searches for a job like this. Oh, really? That's how most PhDs search for a job. You scan through some things online when you feel like it. When you get motivated, when you just can't take it anymore, you just got yelled at by your PI, you just had a challenging result, you're feeling that sense of overwhelm, that loss of purpose. If we cataloged your job search activities in a spreadsheet hour by hour, what would the end result look like? Especially if thinking about your job search did not count as an activity. It doesn't. Wanting to transition doesn't count either, nor does playing out various scenarios in your head like, if I apply to this job, will anyone get back to me? Should I reach out to this person on LinkedIn or shouldn't I? Thinking about, dreaming about, considering possibilities. It's not the same as executing. You have to go, you have to move away from thinking about or critiquing a job search to executing one. Most PhDs, they don't even document their progress. All of these documentation skills, you keep a journal, a lab notebook, a lesson plan, files from if you're TAing students. What about your job search plans? Where, where are you writing down these plans? Do you have a plan? Are you following a protocol? If not, it's time to start doing so. Once you have this strategy in place, you have to, you have to grow and engage or re-engage your network. The major component of your networking efforts is following up consistently with an ever-growing list of contacts at companies you want to work for. Do you even know what companies you want to work for? On the transition calls that I get on, I always ask what companies somebody wants to work for. You know, the PhD that I'm talking to, half of them, no idea. I haven't thought about it. 25% said anywhere. They're <laughs> completely desperate, open. <laughs> How can you? You can't hit a target you don't set. The rest, no one or two. And that's it. You don't even know the landscape. You have to start talking to people at these companies. You got to make it easier than it is. What would this look like if it's easy? What would it look like if it was easier? A question that most PhDs never ask themselves. I certainly did. I said, it's got to be hard and complex or it's not worth doing. That's incorrect. If you want a job that pays well, allows you to do PhD level work, you must get comfortable with seeking job referrals. It doesn't have to be painful. So, so you have to start by, by growing your network, by talking to people, asking them about the projects they're working on, the challenges, how they got into those roles in the first place. These are called informational interviews. You have to craft your professional profiles, right? These are your, your resume, your LinkedIn profile. You have to expand it to, to more than just a list of the academic job titles. You have to establish a profile. And then only slightly adjust it based on the different jobs you're applying to. So every resume should be targeted. This is a, a process that has to be executed, again, from A to Z. 
And for a PhD level job that allows you to do meaningful work, that satisfies you, that compensates you well. Again, you're going for a job that's in the top 1.6%. Sometimes I round it to 2%, but it's 1.6%. That's how many people right now in the world have a PhD. So if you want a PhD level job, that's what you're going for. Very likely it's in the top half a percent. This is something I've been coming back to a lot. You need to change your expectations and your thresholds. If you're applying to a new job online and uploading a resume, the resume you upload should be highly, highly, highly targeted. 30 to 50 keywords from the job description. You got to stop thinking, you know, just like a lot of us PhDs, we're very linear in our thought process. You don't have to say, I have expertise in every skill in the job posting. You can say, I have the ability to do this skill or to learn this skill. That can be your bullet point. I want to use this time to come back to the idea of an overall strategy in your job search, not just here's how to do this part of your job search correctly. Here's how to do this correctly. I want you to get your bearings. If you happen to be listening to this as your first radio show, congratulations. It's a great place to get introduced. If you've been listening for a while, it's a great, it's great place to come back to the fundamentals. It's not just a hack. It's not just one thing. You got to get everything right. Your professional profile is, you know, that being your resume and your LinkedIn, it's the last thing that will be passed around the hiring table after they've interviewed you. Half the people at that table on the hiring committee, half the people in that committee will have interviewed you. The other half will not have interviewed you, will never have met you. They'll see your resume, your LinkedIn profile. That could be the red flag that keeps you from getting hired. Everybody else loved you. You interviewed, interviewed incredibly well. But the, the VP or the CSO or the director of the department, the person you're going to be reporting to, one person you didn't meet that you're going to be reporting to, says, no, this is too academic. I, I can't get on board with this. As a PhD working to transition into industry, you need to be prepared to present yourself as a credible and viable solution to the problem an industry employer is facing. After all, the employer has a job opening because they have a need. Do you know what that need is? Do you have any idea why the job is open in the first place? If not, you need to find out before you interview. To get a job offer following any real-time interviewing interaction, you must display a certain level of mastery, not mastery over your skills or over the job at hand, mastery over yourself. Self-mastery, more than anything else, is what you are being evaluated on during an industry interview. Most PhDs find this very hard to believe, but it's absolutely true. Few employers will require anything from you beyond answering a few questions during an interview to get hired, which if you think about it, it's nuts. Yes, employers will, will pay you tens of thousands of dollars a year or a month based on the answers you give during a few short meetings. They're going to commit not only their money, but their people and numerous other resources to you based on what you say about yourself in, in, during these real-time interactions. How ridiculous is this? Yet, this is right now the only reasonable means for hiring top talent. I mean, imagine applying to an industry job and the hiring manager says, okay, uh, we're going to manage, you, you know, you're going to come on board and today you're going to manage three or three of our team members all day uh, while we shadow you and evaluate your every move. Or today you're going to stand, we're going to stand over you while you run 10 different lab experiments. You know, you're, you're, we're going to try you out for two, three weeks. Then we'll decide whether or not to give you the job. This doesn't happen for a variety of reasons. 
to start, you have not been onboarded, right? They can't onboard you, right? Onboarding can take months. They haven't trained you on the company's processes, the company's team, their current employees. They, they don't won't know you or how to work with you. Then there's all the liability issues, right? I mean, it's not possible. They might have you do a take-home test, submit a writing sample, make a few technical support calls, depending on the job you want, but that's it. So they're committing to you based on very little information, all right? So, so what do they want to see? They want to see how you master yourself under stress. This is why studying common interview questions is a waste of time. It's also why waiting until you get to an interview to prepare for an interview or cramming is ineffective. You need to practice interacting with other professionals in a very professional way behaviorally. Okay, so what have I talked about so far? I've talked about having a strategy, documenting your progress, networking, following up, getting referrals, having your professional profiles, your resume, your LinkedIn profile, interviewing, being prepared for every step before you get to that step. You can't just wait until you get to that step to try to figure it out. And you have to do all of this in the right sequence. By executing your job search in the right sequence, you will save valuable time when it comes to getting hired. You'll avoid the trap of chasing one job lead at a time via the outdated process of uploading your resume to a job site whenever you feel like it, waiting for a reply that usually never comes, only to start all over again a few days or even a few weeks later. You'll rise above this grueling process, right? of injecting yourself into the job market repeatedly and getting rejected. So you have to follow the, this strategy, create a campaign, document your progress, do it in the right sequence. You're going to have multiple touch points with multiple companies if you do this right. And ideally obtain multiple job offers and leverage these offers against each other to dramatically increase your salary. It all starts with putting first things first. Okay, when it comes to your job search, you have to have a target. You have to figure out what companies you want to work for and only then focus on the job titles you want to get hired into. Think about this. This is not what most PhDs do. We, most of us think about what job title sounds good. And then, you know, we start worrying about companies. Start with the company. That's where you're going to end up. They determine what the job titles are. They change them. The, the same two job titles at two different companies could be totally different, completely different descriptions. I've, I mean, this is very common. There's so many variations of job titles. Start with the, the company's name's not changing. That's much more rare. Start by exploring companies in the general sectors you're interested in. That's your target. Then you create this campaign. You document your progress. You network. You set up informational interviews. You get your resume, your LinkedIn profile right. You prepare for interviewing, negotiating, which those two bleed into each other. You do it in the right sequence, looking ahead, knowing what's coming next, and you do it with multiple job leads at the same time. That's how you get hired in industry. Hopefully, this gives you an overview and understanding of what a job search looks like. Hopefully, if you've listened to this show, you've been trying to get hired for a while, it helps you come back to the fundamentals of getting hired in industry. If you'd like to talk about your transition, what sequence you need to follow. The sequence is going to be the same for everybody, but there's nuances, right? There's patterns to getting hired in industry that will always be the same for just about everybody. I mean, you know, as PhDs, we have to realize there are outliers, but even if the pattern's the same for everybody, the strategy is the same, the sequence, there's going to be nuances. You're going to talk to different people who are going to give you slightly different versions of responses or ask you slightly different interview questions. 
If you'd like to talk about the nuances you're facing, you can apply for a free transition call with myself or with one of my transition specialists. I get on as many of them as I possibly can. I have expertly trained transition specialists who have helped hundreds, if not thousands of PhDs, each of them individually, uh, get hired into industry. If you, if you want to figure out where you are in your transition, where you need to be to actually transition, what steps you're missing, but what, what's the gap in between? If you wanted to explore what possible targets are available to you, given your PhD background, and if you, you know, uh, special circumstances, if you need a visa, if you have a gap on your resume, if you, you're trying to get hired in a location that doesn't have a lot of different companies or a lot of different options, I would love to talk with you. Just go to cheekyscientist.com. At the top of the website, there's a yellow banner that allows you to apply to book a free transition call. We've been very booked out lately. If you're hearing this, I, I invite you to go do that. You'll be taken to a page with the six white boxes with just a handful of questions on the application that will take you minutes, if not seconds. I look forward to talking to you in a future transition call. As always, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. Oh, 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 oh,